4: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Welcome to the month of August. Welcome to Fantasy Football Draft Season. I'm Craig Mish, along with Davis Baddock, Two hours every day, noon to 2 Eastern, talking fantasy sports, sports wagering, keeping an eye, of course, on the baseball season, the Olympics. But no doubt, fantasy football season is here. I know the first preseason game will be this week. And Davis looks like you'll have to do some more adjustments over at Daily Roto. Sometimes small, sometimes big. It feels like the news we got today is somewhat on the bigger side in terms of the Colts, so i guess uh it's, it's a daily process for you
5: yeah i mean i i would be surprised for us to go one day from now until when the season kicks off where there is not some projection or some ranking that needs to be adjusted we have the carson wentz news we have devonta smith news we have Marquise brown news i mean we guys got guys pulling their hamstrings we got guys rolling their ankles i mean there there is a, a never-ending sludge of, of news running down the hill for us right now it definitely is not going to stop anytime soon
4: as chris mentioned at the top and we'll get into this a little bit more uh, frank reich the head coach of the colts announced that carson wentz is going to undergo foot surgery and uh, they really haven't given any kind of projection and we really have no idea but it does not look like he's going to start the season as the quarterback i suppose jacob eason may get that chance davis and i will, will talk about that let's get to our other headlines here on the show nba free agency begins Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, both opt out of their deals, respectively, with the Clippers and Suns. Although it does appear that both will return to their teams. We'll just have to see. I've heard that story before, and it doesn't always work out that way. Other NBA news as well here in South Florida to talk about. The Mets do not sign their draft pick, Kumar Rocker. It seemed like they had very little intent over the last month to even sign Rocker. Very bizarre uh, sort of story there. Mets will just get that pick again next year. Rocker uh, will not go back to Vanderbilt. He'll go back into the draft, and he'll now have to kind of prove himself a little bit more. Really odd way that went down. And as Chris mentioned in the update, Chris Bryant, homers in his uh, first game with the San Francisco Giants. So did Javier Baez. So did Anthony Rizzo. All three we will hear from Rizzo a little bit later in the show. Chris Bryant flew from Chicago to San Francisco for the weekend and obviously was very impressed with how the Giants treated him when he got to his hotel. Yeah, last night when we got in, I went to the hotel room and, you know, went into the room and there's jerseys all on the bed and Giants gear on the, all in the uh, uh, closet. And I mean, when you talk about making a first impression on me and my wife, uh, pretty, pretty good one. Uh, the Kyler would not let go of the Jersey last night. Um, you know he's he's recognizing the Giants logo now, and he keeps saying "Daddy" to that logo. So, um, it's really special. I, I mean, you know, I'm over. The- yeah, great, uh, great trade. It looks like for the Giants, great trade for the Yankees. Davis already paying dividends, and maybe a great trade for the Mets with getting Javier Baez. The Cubs basically are supporting the rest of the league at the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Craig Kimbrell goes to the White Sox. Two Friday was just insane. I wish I could have spent it uh, all day here. I got a scare, had to go to the emergency room on Friday. It was just no fun whatsoever. But in terms of the end result there, Davis, there were trades made that I didn't even know until the next day. Like I went back and said, John Lester's on the Cardinals? How did that happen? Like it just was crazy on Friday.
5: It was. I mean, I think that that probably had the—it had to have been the wildest MLB trade deadline of, I mean, at least that I can remember. We saw so many marquee names get moved over the course of that day. We had the huge trade the night before, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner. But, I mean, very impactful moves from the Cubs, right? I mean, they gave away their three best players, Javier Baez to the Mets, Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees, Chris Bryant to the San Francisco Giants. All of those guys, I uh, think—I mean, definitely Bryant— and definitely Baez, I think, look like favorites to make postseason play. I don't know. I mean, I was I was saying I, all season long, Craig, I said, look, you know, look, wait for the Yankees. They'll figure it out. About two weeks ago, I said, nope, I'm done with these bums. They can't hit. It's over. I don't know. They add Andrew Heaney. They add Joey Gallo. They add Anthony Rizzo. The uh, the Blue Jays. I mean, the Blue Jays did just beat up on the Kansas City Royals. But, yeah, like, who, who yeah. knows? Who knows? There are so many good teams playing there in the AL East. And... You know, the the Red Sox added Kyle Schwarber, but it's not like the the Red Sox did a complete remake of their team. Like, I, I think you could say that some of the teams in that division gained on the Red Sox, well, the Red Sox chose not to add that much. So I, I think we are kind of in for a wild back third of the season in the AL East, no doubt about it.
4: Yeah, I, I think across the league we are, too. I think the good teams got better and the bad teams got worse. And so... It's going to be a fast finish here for the next 60 days or so toward the end. But, of course, we got plenty of football to talk about here. we got the Hall of Fame game coming up this week, and people just want to see anybody in action and have pads on. First time we'll see a preseason game in almost two years. But no doubt the big story for us today is the ramifications from not having – Carson Wentz as the starter of the Indianapolis Colts to start the season whether or not Wentz would have been good is sort of irrelevant to the conversation he would have been better than whoever they're going to suit up in the first game of the season whether that is Jacob Eason or someone else so when we come back Davis and I will dive into this a little bit more talk about how he's going to downgrade some of his players and his rankings over at Daily Roto Uh, also later in the show our uh, Raz Bowl draft is coming to a close here, thankfully, over the next couple of days. It's been a grind over the weekend. We'll go through some of those picks, maybe how we would adjust some of them. And most importantly, from training camp, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, since we since we left you last, we're going to go through some of the risers and the fallers in terms of average draft position. So stay tuned to that. More to come right here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. Make sure you follow us on social media, on Twitter, at sportsgrid. Craig on Twitter, at Craig Mish. Davis on Twitter, at Davis Maddock. You could follow Brett Levy on Twitter, but he's locked. He probably won't accept it. Be right back. Welcome back to fantasy sports today. We had a nice little graphic story prepared for you today to talk about how Carson Wentz of the Indianapolis Colts is not going to undergo surgery and he's going to rehab this. And we put this nice together and and Danny and Ryan and Brett, they put a nice graphic together. LTN was all ready to show it to you today. And then, you know, right before the show starts, we find out that Carson Wentz Davis is going to be out. Uh, It it feels like a month at least. I guess we could kind of start with that. So today is, <clears throat> excuse me, August the 2nd. If it was one month, it would still put him on track to start the season, but it gave this range of about 12 weeks. So uh, I, far be it from me to know the medicals on this one, but I'm seeing reporters from Indianapolis basically saying that Frank Reich told Jacob Eason that it is his show. So Jacob Eason in super flex leagues is obviously going to be a very big pickup. if, if somebody drafted already and if not, he's going to be very speculated on going into the fantasy football season. What are you doing, Davis? How are you adjusting things? Let's kind of run through the Colts now at this point.
5: Yeah. I mean, I'm just really not interested. I don't, I don't really want any Colts players. I think I would rather gamble on Saquon's ACL healing up than taking Jonathan Taylor, um, you know Michael Pittman Jr. I would rather have Henry Ruggs. I would rather have Macol Hardman in the range where Michael Pittman Jr. is going. I was not interested in T.Y. Hilton at all before. I still am not interested. I was slightly interested in Paris Campbell before. Maybe Campbell would be the one who is cheap enough. Naheem Hines, maybe you could see him. You know, benefiting from some of these dump offs from Jacob Eason. or or if Carson Wentz comes back too early, but his foot is still banged up and he is immobile. Maybe you would see that happen. But uh, so Jacob Eason's for all college quarterbacks since 2000 in career percentile ranks. He's 21st percentile in yards per attempt, 32nd percentile in completion percentage, and 49th percentile in touchdown to interception ratio. This is, uh, to me, just not a very high upside prospect that the team is uh, turning the offense over to. And I feel like Indianapolis is a pretty natural destination for one of these veteran quarterbacks, right? So Jimmy Garoppolo should probably be traded from the 49ers. Sounds like he's having a terrible camp. And it sounds like Trey Lance is having a very good one. Andy Dalton from the Chicago Bears, right? Uh, I mean, even if they really wanted to get creative, Taylor Heineke from the Washington football team, because I just don't think that this team which definitely would have gone into the season with the idea that they should win the division I don't think you can go into the season with Jacob Eason and say we're going to win the division I think they need to add some sort of protection because for me foot injuries and quarterbacks that need to move around a lot just really are not going to go together so I I am being pessimistic on Carson Wentz I, I don't think we see him anytime soon
4: Okay, so, so now let me play the other side of this, because I like to play both sides of every conversation in, in fantasy, baseball, football, whatever. Let me play the side of, of Carson Wentz is not out five weeks, but he's not out 12. And let me play that he misses Davis. I'm making up a story. The first two weeks of the NFL season, and Jacob Beeson throws for four touchdowns and one interception, and the Colts win both games. What happens in week three?
5: Carson Went starts. Uh, they are paying him a huge. They traded a second round pick for him, and it's not like he's not signed to like a, a veteran minimums contract because he got traded on the contract that the the Eagles sent him with. He counts forty seven million dollars in dead cap against. The Indianapolis Colts cap space, so he's not going on the bench for. I, I believe I can't remember if it was the fifth or the sixth round that uh, that Easton was. You know what this is like. This is like when Tom Brady was suspended four games and they were three and one with Jacoby Brissett when Brady right. came back. I mean, obviously Carson Wentz is not Tom Brady, but it just True. it doesn't matter. I mean, Jacob Easton could have twelve touchdowns and zero interceptions in two games, and it would be back for Carson Wentz because of how much money they're paying him. I, I actually think, I believe he has the largest dead cap hit in football, Carson Wentz does this season.
4: Okay. By the way, I disagree with that. If he throws six touchdowns in, in, in each of the first two games and they win both, I, I think Eason starts game three. But, uh, that I mean, again, he's there not going to throw six touchdowns per game. So, um, listen, I was not a huge Eason fan in college either. It's just I like to play the opportunity of both sides being involved and quarterback controversies, is there anything better in football than them? The answer is no. So we'll see if we have one. It would be a fun conversation to have, especially with wins coming off the season that he had last year, now being hurt. I, I would say let's let us let it play out a little bit. I'm, I'm on your side. I'm leaving the, the light open there for a possibility. Okay, now let's move over to the news from Dallas this weekend. We saw all kinds of great highlights from CD Lamb. These training camp highlights just get retweeted over and over and over again. And then we hear Mike McCarthy say that, that Amari Cooper, despite I guess, some media reports saying that they're tired of him being hurt, is in really good shape. His ADP is 39 right now. He's going in the third round. Sometimes people pass on him, he goes in the fourth. We know the season that he had last year. It's very evident that Lamb is going to overtake Cooper at some point. This kind of feels like Seattle situation last year, Davis, where uh, you know Metcalf overtook, I guess two years ago, Baldwin and then uh, and then Lockett as the number one guy. And I think Lamb will too, but what do you make of Cooper? Like, I mean, you, you read media, you hear coaches. What do you make of these stories from the weekend?
5: I mean, we are now seven months into Amari Cooper dealing with this injury, and he's not back on the practice field. So I feel like the coaching staff saying that he is in really good shape. It just it cannot possibly be true because if, if he was that far removed from the injury and in really good shape, he would be practicing, and he's not practicing. So – I was already predisposed to liking CeeDee Lamb more as the expensive wide receiver. And then, you know, Michael Gallup now with this kind of Dak Prescott shoulder injury scare is dropped into the eighth round of some of these drafts. I mean, that is to me, I think, about the freest money that you are going to find in fantasy drafts because the Cowboys run three wide receiver sets as their base personnel, you know, about 85% of their plays Lamb cooper and Gallup are going to be on the field they don't even really have a fourth wide receiver to rotate in you know it's guys like cedric wilson noah brown and fifth round rookie simi fahoko they don't have tight ends who demand to be on the field at the same time and blake jarwin and dalton schultz i think it'll more than likely be one or the other of those guys so i i have gotten a little bit gun shy on taking amari cooper so for example Amari Cooper versus the Bengals wide receivers, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I feel like right. right now, I I would I think I'd rather have T. Higgins than Amari Cooper, given that yeah. everything that's coming out of Bengals camp sounds amazing for T. Higgins. Sounds like he is is dominating and doing everything that we would expect him to do in year two, and there are no injury concerns with him.
4: All right, let's go over to Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. Nothing new on him physically. It's just he signed a contract extension, Davis. That means he's going to be in Cleveland. They're paying him off the performance of last year, no doubt. uh, 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns in limited time, Uh, 150 receiving yards. We know Kareem Hunt is there as well. He's going in the late first or second round of fantasy drafts. I know that you had mentioned that Chubb was not somebody, I think, on your radar, I believe, in the first round in fantasy this year. Maybe I'm wrong about that, if, if I'm wrong, correct me. But uh, what did you make of that extension?
5: You know, normally I don't like the extensions, but this one was perfectly reasonable. About $10 million a year. This team wants to be extremely run heavy. They you know they want to run a lot of play action. So I, I kind of view it the same as I view the contract extension for Derrick Henry. Like Nick Chubb is such a part of the identity of the team that they were never going to go away from him. So I I find it to be... Totally reasonable. You are right, though. Nick Chubb, not a guy. I take in fantasy. You know, guys like Antonio Gibson and stuff, I prefer a little bit more. But totally reasonable contract extension for the Cleveland Browns, I think.
4: Each day, we'll have a training camp review of what happened the day before, how it affects fantasy football. As as folks, we've reached the month of August here, and now I know a lot of you are getting ready to do your drafts so over the next few weeks. First preseason game coming up this week as well and then next week everybody in the nfl plays an nfl preseason game that'll be a really nice sight, no doubt all right we'll take a quick break when we come back the ras bowl draft continues for those of us who've been those of you who have been following along we're we're getting ready to wrap this up pretty soon uh so today on the show we're going to go through round seven eight nine and ten davis's team my team and brett levy's team Tomorrow, we'll do the same things with picks 11, 12, 13, and 14. Who did we take? Find out next. Between everything that I had going on over the weekend, I, I want to say, Davis, that you I hope you are very proud of me because outside of I think one uh, four hour slot, I think I made my picks. I don't know if you were paying attention, you probably were busy doing your own thing, but I feel like I did a really good job seeing the notification and making the picks. Maybe you're gonna rip me now and say that I didn't, but I feel like outside of one, I got notified from from Donkey Teeth that I was really slow on one pick. I guess I almost waited down to the end. He's like, you're gonna get Cam Akers if you don't make this pick. I'm like, okay, right. So I jumped in there. But beyond that, I feel like I didn't take all four hours on any of my picks.
5: I mean, look, that's all that's all we can ask. I actually one of my picks this weekend, I took uh, I think about two and a half hours on the clock. Not because I didn't know I was up, but actually I was trying to figure out what I should do. I was uh I just really mm. I was kind of racked with uh, with indecision. I couldn't figure out if I wanted to take a second tight end or a third quarterback. Ended up opting for the third quarterback, and I think that we'll end up talking about that on the show tomorrow. But yeah, right. I really uh, just couldn't quite figure out what I wanted to do. So I can't. I can't hold your feet to the fire. You know, look, it's the weekend. We all have our lives. Nothing. Nothing wrong with taking a couple hours on the weekend. What What really chaps me in slow drafts is Monday morning at eleven thirty. What are, you, what are you guys doing? Everyone who is working, right, whether you're in an office or whether you're remote, you're on your computer, you're on your phone, you know when you're on the clock and a slow right. draft on a Monday morning.
4: Yeah, I, I would say that there's nothing worse now than getting those notifications that I have to draft knowing that it's probably not going to matter. But uh, fair enough. Let, let's go through rounds seven, eight, nine, and 10 today from the draft that Davis is in, I am in, and Brett Levy is, is also in. And then tomorrow we'll do picks 11, 12, 13, 14, um, and then I'm off Wednesday, so I don't know. Maybe we'll just recap everything a, a week from Monday, but we'll definitely dive more in tomorrow. Um, okay, so Davis in the seventh round. I'll go through them, and then we'll get Davis's reasoning. Javante Williams of Denver, which I thought was a really good pick. I was looking for rookie running backs to take around this uh, area, seven through 10. Michael Gallup, who we just talked about, seems like that pick is getting better and better. Joe Burrow as the number two quarterback, I think, on Davis's team. Maybe number one. And Nicole Hardman who I know that you have discussed and you're waiting for that breakout from Kansas city. Like I was last year, but without Watkins, this, this is definitely, it's, it's a hardman put up or shut up season for fantasy. No doubt. Like he's, he's got to deliver fifth round value on that 10th round pick. So let's go through seven through 10.
5: Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, so I went into this draft, honestly, anticipating that after the, my first two picks, I took Christian McCaffrey and Antonio Gibson. I was like, well, I probably won't take another running back until like the 13th or 14th round. Cause, uh, you know, you can start five wide receivers in this format. It's best ball. So you don't have to, you know, go in and be like, uh, okay, I, I got to start this guy or I'm not starting this guy. Like it, you know, you, the computer automatically gives you the best possible players. So I am uh, I'm all on board for heavy wide receivers in that format, but Javante Williams in the seventh round that just I was like you know I have Javante Williams is like my 28th running back in my rankings I think so I, I just tap the button there Michael Gallup I want as many Cowboys as possible I also have Amari Cooper on this team I just I want Cowboys and I want Chiefs uh, I also have Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase so I took Joe Burrow mm-hmm. to match with them. And then Craig, you are absolutely right. It is put up or shut up time for McCole Hardman. No more Sammy Watkins. The other wide receiver options on the team, it's all veteran guys like DeMarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. It's, it's gotta be time for McCole Hardman, or I am gonna be I'm gonna be out because I have been all in on him to up until this point.
4: All right, let's take a look at my picks, round seven through ten. I took DJ Shark of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Marquise Brown—that's that was a pick I was struggling with. Davis threw me that one in the eighth round from the Ravens, and then in the ninth round, I figured it was time to take a tight end. Tunyon was somebody that I wanted probably two rounds ago. Davis is like, wait, you'll get him in the ninth or tenth. Okay, he was right. I took him in the ninth, and then Philip Lindsay is not someone that I have a ton of conviction for but it's the kind of format where he's one injury away on that Denver team from getting all the snaps. That's kind of the way that I did it. Shark is not somebody, Davis, that I'm totally in love with, but every time I think of Jacksonville, I, I, you know what happens to me? I keep forgetting they have Trevor Lawrence. Like, Trevor Lawrence is going to be really good, and he's going to make everybody so much better on that team that I think there's value on everyone in Jacksonville, but it, it's, it's hard to envision something that hasn't happened yet with, with a player that has never played in the NFL. So that's why I took chart there. Brown, okay. Tunyon, my starting tight end, and then Lindsey. You know, clearly, I'm I'm hoping for something uh, there. Uh, Lindsey, by the way, is it says Denver? He's not on Denver. That's uh, he's on Houston this year. So that's my bad on that one.
5: Yeah, so I uh, I don't have a big like actually I think the shark brown and tunyon picks were all very solid. I think DJ shark especially when you don't have to choose to start him right best ball he is going to benefit from that format. Marquise Brown benefits a little bit from that. I mean I I like Marquise Brown in any format. I think the uh the the dip on you know Baltimore Ravens players has gone a little bit too far. You know I think that um I, I think that we can feel pretty confident in the the Baltimore Ravens passing game this season in a way that the market doesn't anticipate. Tunyon, I was just we just did a segment on the show last week where I was saying you know I I think that uh, the the thing the market is not realizing is the biggest benefit for the Packers average draft position is going to be on AJ Dillon and is going to be on Robert Tunyon. So I I, I like both of those selections. Not a fan of the philip Lindsay selection i would have just taken another wide receiver there but i mean look philip Lindsay. certainly i think he is better than uh you know this version of david johnson right like i i don't even know if that's like i don't even know if that's really that arguable at this point so i, I could see it i could see it paying off but three of these selections i really like i thought they were all pretty strong
4: all right, and Brett, of course, is involved in the draft as well. Heavy rookie draft for Brett here. He goes Jalen Waddle of Miami in the seventh round. He had some great highlights, too, this weekend. Raheem Mostert of San Francisco, uh, Elijah Moore of the New York Jets, and Leonard Fournette in the tenth round of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Davis, before we get to you, let's go to Brett and bring him in for these picks. Uh, Brett, let's talk about your reasoning for a couple of your selections here.
7: Yeah, Craig. Well, in best ball, I think Leonard Fournette's an okay target. He wasn't someone I came into the draft being like, this is a guy I want. But the way my running backs were lining up, I needed some help. And I don't need to pick the weeks where I think he's going to be good. The computer will just tell me he was good this week and put him in versus the low weeks. So uh, kind of an okay risk I felt in the 10th round. round. And then I took some high upside swings. Uh, Jalen Waddell was a top 10 pick in the NFL draft this year. Clearly the Dolphins are going to try and get their top 10 pick, the ball from the quarterback he played with in college. And then Elijah Moore, is supposed to be, uh, you know, Zach Wilson's home run threat. So if I'm rooting for the Jets to score some touchdowns in real life, I might as well have it pay off for my fantasy team as well. Uh, Took some home run swings for sure with those two picks. Uh, Definitely going for the touchdown upside, the big play upside, and we'll see what happens. All right, well,
4: Davis, look, last year, I I think that when you and I did that season preview, you had said that this was maybe the strongest wide receiver class as far as rookies go going into the nfl and man that paid off in a big way what do you think about his two wide receiver picks going into this year
5: yeah i mean i don't think that this wide receiver class is as strong as last year but also you know one thing that we definitely know about fantasy football is that uh we don't know a lot and we get things like that wrong all the time like we you know henry ruggs was the first wide receiver drafted in that wide receiver class last year he wasn't you know he he didn't do anything and justin jefferson and Ceedee lamb were incredible uh, I like the I like the swings that Brett took here. Jalen Waddle I think has a huge upside, um, especially if Will Fuller is banged up or if they use Will Fuller as more of a just down the field threat. You know I think Waddle's super athletic, crazy fast. Uh, if they use him underneath and over the top, I think there's a big season there for him. I love Raheem Mostert. I think he is one of the running backs who I end up liking the most on teams like if, like. If I, for example, if I had only taken one running back in the early rounds, Moser, I think, would have been an ideal target as a second running back, so I like that. Elijah Moore, same deal. I mean, the the reviews from camp thus far on Zach Wilson, uh, they've all been brutal, but look, I mean, he's a young guy. He's got plenty of time. Maybe he will end up figuring it out. I think Elijah Moore might actually end up leading the Jets in targets, and if he doesn't, I would anticipate him really turning on in the second half of the year. Sounds like he's gonna play slot and outside. So seems like he should be on the field a lot, but definitely don't like the Leonard Fournette pick. I am I am all the way out on, on Leonard Fournette. I, I think Giovanni Bernard in like the 15th round is uh, is better than Leonard Fournette in in the 10th round. But I mean look, Lombardi Lenny, I get it. Brett Brett watched the Super Bowl. He watched him post those numbers. I, I get it. We all we all know the 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 promise of Lenny Fournette.
4: Yeah, and you never know when he's going to pop up. Remember, it was this time last year. He was the starting running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, getting drafted in the fifth round, fourth round, third round for some people, gets cut right before the season starts. And and to think that he ended up with a Super Bowl ring is kind of crazy. All right, Brett, we'll check back with you for Fantasy Reality coming up a little bit later in the show. We have a mild schedule of Major League Baseball games coming up. Uh, But the Toronto Blue Jays right now are one of baseball's hottest teams. They go back to Toronto, basically win all of their games. Uh, They're also a massive favorite today. So when we check out their FanDuel numbers, we'll see if the Blue Jays are able to take out the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Also, we're going to look at some ADP risers and fallers from the weekend. Davis is still very heavily involved in doing a lot of these best ball drafts. So we will break that down for you as well. In addition, we'll play a little game of fantasy or reality or also take them or leave them as your fantasy football drafts are probably less than a month away for many of you. So make sure you stay with us on the grid for that. Also, a reminder, if you listen to this show live. That's great. But we also have availability for you to listen on demand. In fact, if you listen to a podcast in the iTunes store or Google Play, Android or even on Stitcher, you search for fantasy sports today and if you wouldn't mind please like and subscribe to our podcast this way whenever our shows are done Chris Bavona and our great audio crew send that right over to your audio device we'll be right back All right, we've got a light baseball schedule today, but Davis and I will continue to go through some of these games, see if we can give you an edge over on FanDuel. I know that the lineups are going to look very different for a lot of teams. This was, as David said, the craziest Major League Baseball deadline of all time. I don't ever remember anything like this. So many players move spots. I was online last night trying to figure out who to pick up in fantasy, who to drop. It was just insane. I didn't even, in the NL League, I only got Ian Kennedy. It didn't go uh, very, as well as I would have thought this season for my NL, but I'm still competing in the League of Alternative Baseball reality. I'm going to grind this out to the end. Uh, but in terms of the. Games available to us tonight. Let's take a look at the first game tonight actually being played in Toronto. They had a great weekend. They'll try to continue it going. Will they make the postseason? Who knows, but they did add Jose Barrios, and you saw the results yesterday. Today, Robbie Ray is a minus 190 favorite on the money line against Cleveland, and Eli Morgan, the total is nine and a half, and their all-star Marcus Simeon talked about returning to Toronto and how the team has been playing lately.
7: We, we've been playing, um,
4: you know, a little bit better than 500 ball, and then we we made some additions and got a sweep. So that's that's a good start. Um, that's something that is going to be important for us. Just that depth we have in the bullpen now and, and starting pitching. Um, and I, I'm just excited for these next couple months. the lineup the lineup looked pretty good this weekend, but um, you know it's, it'll be good to get Vladdy back in there tomorrow too. Yeah, Davis, I don't know if you saw that yesterday, but they taped Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to his seat. They would not let him play. He wanted to play. He. I don't think he's missed a game all year. They finally gave him a day off, and they still end up winning. Uh, I can't find a way to take Cleveland today, but it's just a matter of if I think that Toronto could win by a run and a half or looking at the total.
5: Yeah, I mean, this this Cleveland lineup that they are running out this afternoon, Miles Straw, Ahmed Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Fran Rails, Harold Ramirez, Oscar Mercado, Owen Miller, Austin Hedges, Ernie Clement. I mean, you know, like, it's it's pretty, pretty brutal looking for the Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland team at this point. I just, I can't, I can't really imagine backing them. I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, plus 235 is a lot, but Robbie Ray, I mean, the best starting pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, I think even better than Barrios, he got him lined up here. Now granted it is it is if you wanted the angle, if you wanted to take the Cleveland in it, you'd say well, it's nine right-handed bats for Cleveland. They you know, everyone's going to have the platoon advantage against Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray does struggle with the home run every once in a while, but I I don't think I could quite get myself to to bet on Cleveland in this game, especially because the Blue Jays, I mean, they are every game for the rest of the way. They are treating it like a postseason game. They are going to be Micromanaging, they're going to be shifting. They're get like, I mean, it is going to be all out because every game matters for them the rest of the way for for the division and for the second wild card. They're only eight games back of the division now. Crazier things have happened, so you know don't don't close your eyes for for the Blue Jays in the division at this point. I think.
4: Well, I, I, they had to have that sweep. I mean, that was just huge for them. All right, let, let's go now. I think this game is a little bit more interesting. Seattle has played really good baseball. Chris Flexen's actually been okay for them and Michael Waka starts today for Tampa Bay Davis and the total is 9. The Rays on the money line are -196 on FanDuel. Seattle is +164. Waka is no longer the Waka of 2014 anymore, you know? Like I I think that they look for him to go like 3 innings if they can. I don't think they ever let him see third time through. And and Seattle is is played pretty well and and no one can really figure out why their run differential's been horrible. They're still in it. But the Rays are playing fantastic, right? Like, they're playing out of this world baseball yet again. Who do you like today?
5: Well, I mean, what I can tell you is the reason why the Mariners have the record they do is because of their record in one-run games. Our our buddy Jeff Erickson, who works for Roto-Wire, was was tweeting this about the Mariners this weekend. Like, when they start to lose one-run games, it all goes down for them. Now, that being said, I cannot imagine not betting on the Mariners in this game. I mean, Flexen has not been great. Like, it's not like he steps out on the mound and he's Clayton Kershaw, but he has a 3.72 fielding independent pitching. He does not walk anyone, a 4.9% walk rate. He throws five strikes or or five pitches for strikes. Certainly, this is not the strongest. uh, like, Like, we all like the Rays, right? We all think the Rays are good. But the Rays are not the Blue Jays at the plate. The Rays are not the Dodgers. I mean, they have a lot of good hitters, but they I would say the Rays have a lot of good hitters. They don't have a lot of great hitters. They have more guys in the Brandon Lau category than, like, you know, true MVP candidate category. So I feel like this is actually kind of a generous line with Michael Waka out there for the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, it's, it's kind of a vote of confidence for their bullpen more than anything, I would say. So I, I'm taking the Mariners here. I feel like this is a, a good spot to bet an underdog.
4: All right. Finally, it's the debut of Josiah Gray, who was traded in the Max Scherzer-Trey Turter deal. As Gray makes his first start for them, Ranger Suarez goes for Philadelphia. If I'm not mistaken, I think Suarez is just opening this game. I don't, I don't think that you're going to see more than an inning or two here. Philadelphia Davis is, is playing much better, and Washington is clearly done but uh, given the fact that the Phillies are going to have to use about five or six pitchers, four of which probably aren't going to be very good, I sort of understand the thinking here with, with this line being so close. So I think you got to look a little bit deeper than the numbers. Juan Soto's also been great. Washington's called up all their kids, essentially. Uh, boy, this is a game Philadelphia should win, regardless of who's pitching. But, I mean, we really don't know what's going to happen. Opener on the side of Philadelphia, Josiah Gray on the side of L.A., no one has a clue. On the side of Washington, no one will have a clue.
5: Yeah, I actually feel like the Nationals are kind of a strong bet here. Josiah Gray, I, you know, projects to be a much better starting pitcher than whatever is going to be rolled out by the Philadelphia bullpen today. I mean, he—I guess maybe from an, an earned run perspective, he won't be great, but some of the projection systems are actually very high on him. Uh, the Bat has him for a three nine four projected ERA with over a strikeout per inning, not a ton of walks. He was incredible. I mean, so good in Triple A. Actually, he's been good at every stage of the minor leagues. He has just blown by whoever he has been facing, and he's you know quite young, o- only 23 years old. So I feel I feel pretty good, um, actually, about Josiah Gray and you, the Nationals have. Young guys, but they're all, like, interesting young guys, right? Like, maybe Robles figures it out this season. Maybe Yadiel Hernandez actually can hit. Maybe Louis Garcia breaks out as a prospect. Maybe Carter Kaboom lives up to where he was as a prospect. Not even that long ago, we were talking about Carter Kaboom as, like, a guy you really wanted yeah. on your fantasy baseball team. So I, I it, it's going to be so funny if the Nationals do all of this selling, they get rid of all of these guys, and then all of a sudden – we're sitting here and we're going wait they're they're two games back of the division right now what what is going on because my my biggest stance in the back half of this season craig is that the mets are going to fumble this division the mets are not going to end up winning this division i think they got a lot of pressure on them from the phillies i i actually saw on the FanDuel sportsbook this morning the braves are five to one to win this division I think that's a pretty strong wager. But, yeah, I mean, the Nationals have a losing record, but they're six and a half games back. They lose Trey Turner. They lose Max Scherzer. But what if they just get three ceiling seasons from these prospects? And what if all we needed to fix Victor Robles was to put him back up at the top of the order? I mean, look, I, I think they are going to win some games with these young guys.
4: It could be. It could be. And, and look, look, Juan Soto is is back to being who we thought Juan Soto was. So, We'll see how far Washington can take this thing. I believe Finnegan is going to be their new closer there too with Brad Hand gone. Washington and Chicago, both uh, the Cubs, basically just tore the whole thing down and and they're going to start over again next year. All right, now uh, uh, very quickly, let's go back to NBA here for a minute. We haven't touched much on this in the first hour. Saw a couple of opt-outs there and it, it looks like Chris Paul could be headed back to Phoenix. It looks like Kawhi Leonard could be headed back to the Clippers, we'll just have to see. But I'm I'm not willing to go all in on anyone. I know how NBA free agency goes. What do you make, Davis, of of these rumors uh, of Kyle Lowry going to the Miami Heat in a sign and trade uh, to bring Goran Dragic back the other way, along with Precious going as well? The, the, these are things that are people here are very excited about. Should they be?
5: I mean. You know, I, I don't really know because there are so many different things that Kyle Lowry could do. Uh, there was actually this great tweet circulating around uh, NBA Twitter last night. It was this, this huge. Uh, Bobby Marks tweeted this out, so he is uh, an ESPN NBA uh, you know front office insider. Good Guy has all the sources, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look at his tw- go look at his Twitter and see this tweet. He's got Kyle Lowry grafted out in the center. And then basically, he's got like a decision tree that goes out from him because whatever Kyle Lowry ends up doing is going to alter the course of the NBA offseason because of the contract he will demand, because of how good he is. He can really mm-hmm. swing a lot of things. You know, what if he decides to go to San Antonio? What if he decides to go to Dallas? I, I think that would be a great fit for him. I think he would be a, a great backcourt partner for Luka Doncic. He can play off the ball, he can play on the ball, he's a good defender. What about a sign-and-trade to the Philadelphia 76ers? I mean, they desperately need a guy who can handle the ball and a guy who can shoot, particularly if Ben Simmons moves, or a sign-and-trade for the Philadelphia 76ers, right? The Raptors sign Kyle Lowry, they trade him for Ben Simmons to the Philadelphia 76ers, and then I I just... And and I, I think the machinations to get Kyle Lowry to the Lakers still exist, despite the fact that this is true... The Lakers have five players under contract right now, and they're like $8 million away from the hard cap. So it, it's going to be so tight for them to fill out their roster. But if Dennis Schroeder agrees to a shine and trade with the Los Angeles Lakers, then Kyle Lowry, it's, it's insane. I mean, this NBA offseason, like, you guys just heard me throw like 19 different terminologies out. But like, you really have to know the minutia of the NBA salary cap to understand all this crazy stuff.
4: And, and as far as Kawhi Leonard goes, do you buy that goes back to Clippers and, and Chris Paul back, back to Phoenix?
5: I think that Chris Paul back to Phoenix is like a lock, right? They just made the NBA Finals, right? They like I think Devin Booker and Chris Paul like to play with each other. DeAndre Ayton took a big step, and I feel like most people in the NBA that right. So so Wojnarowski tweets out that Kawhi Leonard opts out of his player option. And it, that was kind of like a yawn. That was like a collective, all right, well, you know, whatever. I am not so sure about that. I am not so sure that it is it is fate. accompli that Kawhi Leonard is going back to the Los Angeles Clippers. There are some very good teams with cap space. There's sign-and-trade possibilities. I, I can see Kawhi Leonard being like, look, man, I'm sick of this. Paul George, not going to get it done. Reggie Jackson, Patrick Beverly, not going to get it done. Who are they bringing in? Are they bringing in DeMar DeRozan? Right? Don't think that's a particularly great fit. You know, I Kyle, La- I guess Kyle Lowry for the Clippers, I mean, maybe that actually would make sense. The Clippers have desperately been trying to figure out point guard the entire time that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have been there. Maybe that one makes sense. But I, I do think there is some chance that Kawhi Leonard is on a different team than the Clippers at the start of the next season.
4: And we'll find out over the next week or two for sure as NBA free agency kicks off. All right, we got to take a break here on the show. Plenty more to come. We've got Chris. He's got the update here at the top of the hour. We'll hear from Anthony Rizzo of the New York Yankees. Uh, Also, we'll talk ADP risers in fantasy football in about 15 minutes from now. We've also got the Fallers as well, based on average draft position, fantasy or reality, Sports Grid 60, and everything that comes along with it. Just a quick programming note for us this week. I was uh, planning on taking the entire week off for a vacation. Here in Florida, as everybody knows, things are a little haywire. So rather than doing that, uh, I will be out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The great George Kurtz will be in for me then. So tomorrow on the show, we'll do our uh, Ras Bowl look and we'll continue the fantasy football discussion. But George will do a phenomenal job filling in for me the rest of the week after tomorrow. We'll be right back on Fantasy Sports Today. I don't think Davis and I have really gone over this, but with August here, it's fantasy football draft season naturally here on on Sports Grid. But Davis, what is your most important? fantasy football draft of 2021 has it happened already will it will it happen in a week two a month uh, are you are you going somewhere to do a big draft what, what is your biggest one this year
5: you know i was kind of thinking that i wanted to go to las vegas for a weekend this year and do one of my ffpc main drafts ffpc main event drafts in person but you know some of this, uh, some of the Delta variant stuff, mask mandate. You know, I just I'm I'm going to skip it this year and and hope again for for next year. But I will. I think I'll be doing five main event drafts over the course of the rest of August. So that is a $1,900 entry, half a million dollars to first place, uh, you know, in the overall tournament. And so, yeah, I'll be doing those kind of over the course of the next couple of weeks. We might even opt to do one. They, they have drafts on the Friday and Saturday after the first Thursday night game of the year. Uh, two two years ago, actually, we ended up doing one of those. I remember Mike, Mike Davis scored 11 ppr points and was going in the 20th round of some of those drafts and we drafted him in one league just to get those uh those 11 ppr points that are running back to sloppy yeah those will be doing and then my draft with my high school and college buddies will be uh the august 20th weekend and i'll be i'll be getting in then
4: all right yeah i have uh i think two uh, two really big ones coming up i think this year My home league is always the one, clearly, because it's like the only thing that all of my buddies, we get together and do anymore. So that should be a fun one. And then we'll see if I get in a Major League Baseball one this year. I have a good feeling that I'll be back in one this year. I don't know that the Marlins are going to allow me after pairing up and winning a championship. But maybe another team will let me partner up, try to win some big bucks this year. No doubt. All right. Chris has the update at the top of the hour. Then we'll be back for hour two. We will hear from Anthony Rizzo of the Yankees. Get into this wild story in the NHL about Evander Kane and everything else happening in the world of fantasy sports. This is fantasy sports today here on sports grid, Craig Mish, Davis Maddock. We're back right after Chris Kofsky has this update at the top of the hour. Stay on the grid. We're back in just two minutes right after this.